We hold these truths to be self-evident. For enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. I hope you guys are having a fantastic week. It is Friday. Yes, it is Friday. I'm actually going to be going fishing here in a second, which I'm pretty pretty excited. A little bit of a drive, but we're going to have a good time doing I mean, we're here. We're living. We're having a good time. We're, I mean, I'm coming through some of you all here. Some of you guys do see me on YouTube. How are you guys doing on YouTube? I want to say hello to you guys. Thanks for coming over here and subbing to the channel. We were lucky. We got monetized. Kind of halfway, not really, kind of like almost. We did, we did get monetized, but all these videos is why you guys are seeing just come out just a tad late is because they're having to get approved by YouTube to go live. I don't, I don't, I don't really ex- exactly know why because it's funny on my one channel, my Lunkers TV channel, uh, when you post a video, you have to put what kind of content's in it. But on this channel, for some reason, it just says monetize or not monetize. So I just click monetize, but it doesn't tell me like what's within the video. So I had like... 30 people review one video. That's not even because it tells me how many views are on the back end and it had like 31 views. That is nuts to review one video. They must be really worried about it. It ended up not getting monetized, but I'm just saying this channel, I, I, I don't expect to make any money off really, to be honest with you. I'm here to, I don't know, promote, 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 do this right here for you guys. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can continue to do that without, uh, any smothering from big tech. So if you guys didn't know, China is coming out the gate swinging hard again. They, they're threatening the United States. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why they keep doing this. But China has actually reiterated calls for the United States to cut off its military ties with Taiwan. This was literally as of today. In a cautious response to reports, uh, the United States Marines have been stationed on self-ruled island for more than a year to strengthen its defense forces. Okay, yes. Military. Our military is always on multiple. It doesn't matter if it's an island or country. If you think about it, actually, all countries are islands. Well, take that back. That's not true. All continents are islands. Me saying that every country is an island is very stupid because there's a ton of landlocked countries. That's, I, I retract my statement. That was very stupid to say. I, I rethought it after I said it out loud. But this is a spokesperson from China. He goes on to say this. China will take all necessary measures to protect its sovereignty and territorial integrity. So China is just trying to play up to their people, which I, I don't think you guys realize this. Are there, the people in China do not like us at all. There's two dozen Marines that are actually there. If you guys are, okay, so what I'm going to explain this real quick. There's two dozen Marines there. Actually, I, I got a better article. This is from military.com. It says a couple dozen Marine special operators and support troops are training small units of Taiwan ground forces while contingent of Marines is working with local maritime forces on a small boat training. That's what they're doing. So, I mean, essentially you have some MARSOC guys training, uh, training the forces there, which, I mean, it's great. I mean, I, I think it's a great thing that we go around the, the world training forces because now we have essentially little tiny militias that we've created, not essentially militias, but actually militaries all over the world, just in case stuff hits the fan. I mean, it's, it's very true, but Taiwan it's a, it's a better thing because you have China trying to mess with them and we're actually doing something about it, but they've been there for about a year or so. I mean, it's not super shocking. Shouldn't be shocking to anybody that we have a, I mean, we have people everywhere, like damn near all over Africa, every single Africa country that has any sort of fighting force that's not an enemy of we're literally sitting in that country i don't think south south africa has has one now that i think about it all right doesn't really matter but like i was saying all the people inside of china do not like us 
And this actually just came out. This is the editor of China's National English Language Newspaper. That's one hell of a title. Uh, he, he said this Thursday that the country should use airstrikes to kill American service members stationed in Taiwan. His name is, uh, I don't know, Zhu Jin. I guess that's how you would say it. it's H-U-X-I-A-J-I-N. I don't know. Anyway, he's the editor-in-chief at the Global Times, their, their English newspaper, I guess. He uh, actually tweeted this out, which seems kind of crazy thing to tweet. I don't, I don't, but he did. Why just two dozen members? Why secretly the U.S. should send 240 service members publicly in U.S. military uniform and make public where they are stationed? See whether the PLA will launch a targeted airstrike to eliminate those U.S. invaders. Oof. Oof. That's all. I don't know. He wants them to, he wants us to go over there wearing uniform so they can, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know what to say about that one. That's probably not a very good look. I, I mean, it's probably a good look for China because they don't really care, but that's not a good look. So if you did not know, this debt ceiling, yes, the, the debt ceiling, has been raised by $480 billion. Uh, 11 Republicans have joined the Dems on the vote. Senators who voted to approve a short-term, short-term, by the way, short-term, increase to the federal debt ceiling Thursday night, ending a weeks-long standoff on Capitol Hill and likely averting a default that could have triggered a recession. I don't know. There you go. Senate Democrats have passed $480 billion increase by a simple majority vote of 50 to 48. The vote on the final measure occurred after 11 GOP, so 11 Republicans. Lawmakers joined Democrats in a vote to invoke cloucher, hmm, clearing the 60-vote filibuster threshold. So there you go. It's going to go to the House. It's going to get approved. It's going to go through. Uh, I don't know how long it lasts. I think it's only a couple weeks or whatever. And just to see if they can figure out another deal. But I guess the government's not shoving down. So way to go, government, on raising your spending. All right, so we'll move on from that. January 6th, as you guys know, craziest day in America. It's the day that day that the country almost ended. Everything almost ended. So a new report has came out from the Senate Judiciary Committee. Democrats on Thursday found that Trump had tried a stunning nine times to get his Justice Department to undermine the election. Nine times Trump tried to do it, tried to undermine the election in 2020. Trump indicated that he will try to assert executive privilege to prevent the House Select Committee probing into the mob attacked by his supporters on the U.S. Capitol after getting information from certain witnesses. Oh my gosh, something is going on. One key issue concerns how far the Select Committee and Justice Department is prepared to go impose accountability on those involved, including the former president. I'm only talking about this because they're only talking about this due to the fact that Joe Biden's polling numbers are literally at, like, I want you guys to realize this. He has a 38% approval rating. Whoa. Who would have thought that was going to be the case? I definitely, if he would have said that he was going to be, so the thing is he doesn't have a, I think actually Shapiro actually said it the best. He doesn't have a floor, nor does he really have a ceiling on how far he can go either way. He could be down in the upper twenties for all we know, two months from now, if it just continues to roll. It's very true. Because his base is not nearly as strong. Like Trump had a, definitely had a floor. Like we knew that Trump was not going to go b- below like 34, 35, whatever it was. He's not because that's like his strong, hardcore base. Biden doesn't really have that kind of base. And it really looks pretty bad on the Democrats going into 2022 just for the fact that if he can't even maintain their base, do you really think those people that are in the middle, those independents are really going to vote for him? You know? So that's why they keep coming out with this kind of stuff. And I find this little piece kind of funny right here because they say uh, accountability is critical for multiple reasons. The Capitol insurrection and Trump's multiple attempts to subvert the election in Washington and in other states rank as the worst assault on the U.S. electoral system in history. Yes. So they're so this right here, they're asking for accountability. 
I'm asking for accountability on Afghanistan. Still to this day, along with God knows how many other people, how, what, who's going to be accountable for the 13 people, the U.S. server members who were actually killed in Afghanistan that should have been killed? Who's going to be held accountable for that? Why aren't they asking, why, inside of this, inside of this news article right here, which I'm holding up that you guys can see, is from the most infamous, infamous side of CNN. I want to say, why aren't they asking who's going to be held accountable for the 13 service members that were killed in Afghanistan? Because they know who is held accountable and they don't want to, like, why would you want to shed light on your own party for being held accountable for something like that? So they're trying to deter everything still and, and bring light on January 6th, but no one's even listening. Like, I, I read a comment on actually a YouTube channel that was asking for us to put in, um, I guess we can start doing it, uh, timestamps for like when things are talked about, if you really would like it. But he wanted a timestamp because he came in to watch a video on that, some, that certain thing. Or I could just make them in these higher end of the topics. We could just do on little clips is what I call them, little, little clips, like eight minute clips. I could do that too, which I guess I just need to start uploading those at the same time as these. Anyway, that's that. So... But if you move on to something else, it's actually on the same website, which is CNN, which is actually bringing out, um, apparently there's some good, very good, is what it says, some very good polling news for Donald Trump. I've already said this. I said this in yesterday's video, actually. I am not a giant fan of Trump running for uh, president in 2024. I'm not saying he can't do it and he shouldn't do it. I'm just, I'd rather see, if he was going to do it, I would like to see him and DeSantis. That would be awesome. I don't think it's ever going to happen just because Trump has a fairly large ego not saying it's bad. There's a lot of guys in this world that have a lot of ego. Hell, I've got one sometimes. So does my camera. Everybody's got one sometimes. Every man on this planet has an ego at times. Every person, like literally everybody does. But I, I think uh, I, I think him being with DeSantis would be a home run. And there's no way the Republicans could lose at all. Like there's, I don't even see how you could do it. The only reason why DeSantis is even in office for the first place is because of Trump. That's, he's the only reason why. I don't know if you guys know that or not. I mean, he spoke up for him down in Florida. Um, back when he was getting elected. Among Iowa voters, yes, former President Donald Trump is notched now the highest favorability rating ever. So you have Biden hitting very, very, very lows at 38%. Now you have Trump hitting the highest ever recorded inside of Iowa. 53% of Iowans now have a favorable view of Trump. 45% have an unfavorable view. Okay, that's not too terrible, I guess. And then 2% are not sure. Those are the ones that they should be worried about. The people in the middle. That's the one the Democrats should be worried about going into 2022 is the 2%ers in every single state. The 2, the 3, the 4%ers that are all through the country. Those are a lot of votes. You can swing it quite, I mean, you can swing an entire state in election just off those people in the middle. It is also hard to read these results as a possible sign uh, of fertile ground as Trump teases another White House bid. I don't know if he's going to do it. Trump's also known for, I mean, there was an article on here about him earlier that I didn't even want to read. But it's talking about how he's fallen out of the list of being some of the richest men on planet Earth. Yeah, okay, he may have fallen off the list of being in the top 10 or whatever it was, but he's still exceptionally wealthy. So does it, I mean, does it really matter? It's good. Some of it's just kind of goofy. Like they, they blast him for being wealthy, and then they blast him for not making the wealthy list. It's very weird. They do that for everybody, I guess. I mean, think about Jeff Bezos. Blast him if he bumps down to number two on the list or whatever. He's like, ah, oh, he's not holding up his wealth. He must be doing something wrong. He's probably paying taxes. What's wrong? So Afghanistan, we're going to take a quick little flight over to Afghanistan. I, I tend to bring these up just for the fact that uh, I, I have a lot of people that, that were in the military and have been in Afghanistan that actually watch this podcast. And 
I don't know. It's still something that I find kind of interesting. It is worldly type news. So 20 people were killed and 90 others were wounded when a blast ripped through a mosque in northern Afghanistan on Friday, which is today, as you guys are listening to this. Some of those killed and wounded were brought to the NGO's facility in the city of Kunduz, and the number of dead could be higher. A suicide attacker responsible for the blast, which took place inside, inside of the mosque during Friday's prayers in Kunduz. This is what the Taliban have said. Security forces are on the scene and investigation is underway. No group has yet to claim the attack. We already know who it is. Right? It's going to be ISIS. I mean, the Taliban would be very stupid right now to bomb their own, quote unquote, their own people. I mean, I guess they are their own people, but since they're in charge of the country now. But what I'm saying is it would be very stupid to do it. But this is the kind of, this is so kind of crazy is ISIS is using the tactics that the Taliban used on the U.S. military when we were there. So it's almost like the Taliban's having to deal with they're almost getting like the, the, a taste of their own medicine. Like literally they're having to deal with the same thing. But the problem is, is they don't have a way to really figure it out. But I mean, ISIS is going to come out clearly because the Taliban's like, yeah, we help, we're being held accountable for, for killing over 20 people and wounding 90 others. That's, that's not going to be the case. It's for sure going to be ISIS. I guess it could be some, some really rogue terrorist organization that I don't know of, but I highly doubt it. It's probably going to come out that it's ISIS. And we should be seeing a civil war break out fairly soon, which I mean, it clearly is if they're going around and doing this as of right now. I don't know. The, the other question I ask is why inside of this mosque, the only reason why they would do this was to instill fear on the population, maybe to make it seem like the Taliban doesn't have complete control of the country and they can't really actually do things correctly. That's, that's one way I could see. Another way is there was actually somebody important inside of this mosque because it takes quite a bit of kahunas to, to set off an IED or, or blow yourself up inside of a mosque itself. I think that's actually somewhat frowned upon. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Cause I, I'm not ever intending to do that to myself, but yeah, I'm looking at the image of it right now. And it's, uh, I've been on a few scenes like this. It looks like it, like you would think one of the worst smells in human history, by the way, so when everybody knows is, is, is burning flesh. I'll throw that out there. It's not, it just smells really bad. We got a couple more here. I know it's a short one, but we got a couple of really good ones. I saved a couple of good doozies for last. So police always bring up police. I try to talk about them. I'm all about them. Love them. Good people. Love them. Good, good people. Oh, for the most part. Research now from the law enforcement legal defense fund. There you go. It analyzed active police memberships and active activity from June 1st of 2020 to April 30th of 2021, basically an entire year and compared it to the previous year. It's very good. I love that they keep stats. I love stats. During that period, researchers found an 18% increase in overall voluntary law enforcement departures, including 24% increase in overall voluntary resignations and 14% increase in overall voluntary requirements. That's a ton of police officers saying, you know what? We're going to go ahead and bow out, check out, move on with our life, and not deal with this stuff. In the wake of anti-police movement after the Floyd protests, cops felt unwanted and unappreciated by their political leaders, which is so Absolutely true. I mean, that's the most true thing in, in history. Imagine working for somebody that absolutely hates you and despises you and tries to get rid of you. That's what they were doing. Officers are running for the exit. Resignations and retirements at the largest police agencies in the United States are skyrocketing while recruiting is tanking, which is funny. I actually think at some point I'm probably going to need to become, I want to become a cop really bad myself. I really do. But I want to be a cop. I've always wanted to be a cop. Um, I don't know if I, I don't think anybody really knows that, but I would love to be a cop. If I ever exit from Guggen and we sell everything and we're done, I think I would actually go and become a cop and just legitimately donate all the money that I make as, as a salary. Like I would, I, I just, I really want to be a cop, like just full. I just want to be one. 
I've always wanted to be one. So the study has decided that riots and defund movements as a prime motivation factors for the push. The study also looks at data from Cleveland. This is the cities that it looked at, by the way. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Austin, LA, Las Vegas, Chicago, San Jose, oh, LA County, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, and Miami-Dade. By the way, these are selective due to their size, location, and relative to anti-policing events rising in homicide figures. So they had an entire reason why they did it, rising homicide rates in the reason, and they're all anti-police movements that happen inside of these cities. Cleveland, these numbers are very staggering and should make some of you guys worried who live in these cities. Cleveland saw a 130% increase in retirements, while Austin saw a 63% increase in resignations. 63% increase in resignation in Austin alone, 130% increase in, in retirements in Cleveland. Only San Francisco saw a decrease in numbers in both categories, while Pittsburgh saw a decrease in resignations. It's kind of wild. So Greater Austin's Crime Commission member Kerry Roberts noted a 96% increase in murders. 96% increase in murders in Austin. An increase that started before the city council voted to strip millions from police departments, which will prove increasingly challenging thanks to thinning the force. Thinning the force is already 96% increase in murders in Austin. What? 96% increase. The Austin Police Department now has 300 sworn officers vacancies. 300 vacancies. According to the study, the study correlation with a 56% increase in homicides during the same time. Similarly, oh, our favorite, Chicago recorded a 20% jump in retirements and resignations, which the study correlated with an overall percentage of 50% drop in arrest and 52% rise in homicides. So you're arresting half the amount of people and you have 50% more, you have 52% more increase in homicides. So you guys cannot tell me sitting here listening to this that defunding the police is actually a good thing. When they actually, when they have physical evidence now from the cities who are forcefully trying pushing the defend the police movements. It's crazy to me because if you think about it, the people that were screaming defund the police say they live in uh, a lower income area. If those people living in the lower income area are screaming for defund the police now have a larger crime rate and a lesser chance of the police actually detaining the person that is uh, committing the crime. I, I mean, if you have over a 90% increase in homicides, if you can't paint that on the wall, like that should be like going into 2022 and 2024, if these numbers continually increase and just get steadily worse, I'm telling you right now, that is not going to be good. It's going to be terrible because there's, there's not a human being on planet earth that wants to live in fear. It's just not a thing. And police do everything in their power to make sure you don't have to live in fear. Yes, they do make bad choices sometimes. It happens. They're, they're, they're humans. Every single one of them are humans. They're going to make a bad choice here and there. It's just It is what it is. And, you're, and then you also have them in certain situations where I don't think a lot of people realize that you only have a split second to make the reaction and make the decision. You have no idea what is actually going on inside the officer's head and what he is visually seeing and or thinks he is seeing or she is seeing. Like there has a, There's such a fast split decision that has to happen at times that someone that's looking on the outside in and seeing hindsight is 2020. They're like, Oh, well, if I was there, I wouldn't have done that. Well, you weren't there. It wasn't two in the morning. It wasn't dark, low light and shit wasn't happening super fast. That's when you got to look at when, when bad things happen for cops, there's so many different factors that happen with it when it comes to shootings. It is what it is. You know, I've been in plenty of situations inside of my life personally that I can tell you that, Stuff that happens in a split second, you have to make a very quick decision, and sometimes it may not be the right one, but sometimes it's either life or death type scenario. 
And that's a 100% factual statement, and no one can say otherwise, because that is very true. Last one here. U.S. economy, for all my people that love economy or just business in general, uh, it's, it's, I, I don't think the U.S. economy is nearly... It kind of takes a lot for a president to kill an economy. It really does. It's usually... The, the, the current president that comes in and takes it over is usually came from the previous administration. I don't care if it was a good administration, a bad administration, what it is. They are really soaking up the previous admins, what they've done. It is very true. There's no way that a president coming into office instantly within eight months can have a drastic effect on the economy as itself. And the American economy is actually very good. I don't know if you guys realize this. I know the stock market may seem kind of crazy and wild all over the place right now. It's mainly because of what's going on within politics. They don't know which way it's going to go. That's the only reason why you see the stock market currently going like this. So non-fat farm payrolls increased by 194,000 workers in September as the unemployment rate fell to 4.8%. That's below what they were thinking of 5.2%. I find this stuff kind of interesting because I want to know where people are going to work, why they're going to work, how much they're getting paid, and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of important. Notable job increase in, uh, occurred in leisure and hospitality, which is not shocking. It shouldn't be shocking. What are you talking about leisure and hospitality? Talking about airlines, hotels, rental car places, stuff like that. Le- just You know what I mean? Going and relaxing type deals. That's not a shocker. I mean, let's think about it. The economy is coming, or excuse me, the, the coronavirus is kind of weeming. Um, uh, vaccines are going up. People are going out and doing stuff. They're kind of forgetting about it. They're not listening to the news as much. They're not being fear-mongered into anything. That's, that's, what's, that's what's increasing, which is good. And it was, of course, led by law, arts, entertainment, re- and uh, recreation, which had another 43,000. Professional business services, 60,000. Retail trade, 56,000. Transportation and warehousing, 47,000. Those are pretty good gains when it comes to those kind of sectors. I like those ones right there. Uh, I especially like the, the transportation and warehousing because that's pretty good when it comes to, to overall growth of America because transport, you're transporting goods, of course, and storing them, which means that we're actually moving forward in some type of uh, progress. So this, this one right here, this is the final one we're going to note, uh, touch on when it comes to the economy and why, why it kind of matters. So average hourly earnings rose 0.6% in September and was up 4.6% year over year so far. 4.6% sounds really good, doesn't it? It does. They were expecting a 0.4% monthly increase, and, but they're at the exact amount of year over year gain for uh, wages, like your, how much you make an hour. They were expecting it to go 4.6%. But I don't think you guys realize it's actually less than the inflation rate right now. The inflation rate is actually 5.4%, 5.3% this month, but 5.4% overall, I guess, as a, as a total average. So you have 5.4%, 5.3% inflation rate currently right now, you have, and you're, you're only gaining 4.6% in your salary and wages. So you're actually, the American worker is making less right now than they were with Trump. And people don't really understand that because they don't look into this kind of stuff. So you can say that that Biden is, is doing good and stuff like that when, in fact, we're actually kind of going in a little bit opposite effect because inflation rates have gone up. That's why I keep telling you guys inflation is not good. Inflation is bad. If I was going to give you any sort of advice right now, and, and I'm not a financial advisor, so don't take this. I mean, please take this with a grain of salt. But I do have a lot of money inside of the stock market. I have quite a bit because you always get pretty good gains uh, long term. Long term, you always get gains in the stock market. I mean, you might have bad years, bad hiccups, bad months, bad weeks, whatever. Overall, long-term, great growth, always. Probably average at like, what, 8 to 10%. But during inflation-type years like this one or just multiple years, land. Land's the most valuable thing. Land, I guess you could also stick it in like gold and stuff, but 
I think land is probably the most important thing. And that's what my financial advisor tells me. So I'm just telling you guys, I'm just repeating, regurgitating exactly the same thing he tells me. So there you go. That's what if I would tell you guys anything. If you guys wanted any sort of financial advice as of right now, which you don't need to take any because I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just telling you from personal experience, uh, try to find yourself some land. I'm not saying it needs to be a house. I'm not saying that. It could be dirt. Buy some dirt. Dirt gets expensive over time. Now, I've got a lot of dirt in Oklahoma. Uh, I would love to get into buying rental houses and stuff like that and renting them out. But the problem with that is then you have to upkeep. You have to deal with renters. I've done it one time, lost my rear end on it. And that's probably why I'm not going to go back into that. And you also have a ton of insurance. You have to upkeep with it. Tons of insurance. Don't like it. So hope you guys enjoy this podcast over here. I am sorry. It was a little short. I got to get running. Got a lot of stuff I got to do today. I will see you guys this next Monday. I do love you guys. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, we don't have an outro, but you know, I just, I just love you. See you guys.